0: This episode of Ask Us A Question, The Swellian Takeover, is presented by The Cake Club. And with us in the studio to tell us a little bit about what Cake Club is, is the former world number one, twice in two separate years, three-time CT winner, Bells, Snapper, Fiji, and now he's a uh, entrepreneurial business wizard. G'day Wilco, welcome back mate. What's the deal with Cake Club? What is it
1: so it's a it's a subscription based wax company, I guess, and yeah, we just were sick of being the guy in the car park that had had no wax and had to scab off people and yeah, you end up surfing once or twice without wax, and so we thought, why not just pay or be able to send wax out? you just pay regular retail price, and um yeah you never never that guy in the car park again,
0: never go without
1: ah so yeah we've got um. Sex Wax and then our own brand of wax and mm. um, you just sign up, get five cakes a month or five cakes every two months or three months. You you set the frequency and then, yeah, it's just kind of set and forget and you've always got wax. That's
0: sick, man. And
1: whose idea was this? Um, it was a couple of friends from the Gold Coast that kind of came up with it and, um, and then, yeah, it came to myself and Woody and we were like, holy shit, I've been that guy a million times. Mm. And so, yeah, it kind of... Struck us right right where it needed to and, yeah, we jumped on board and, yeah, it's pretty, I don't know. Yeah. It seems like a great idea to me. Well, there's, there's
0: two pests that no one wants to be friends with in this world. One of them is the guy at the pub who walks around going, oh, you got a rollie yeah. or could I pinch fag, mate? And the other <laughs> one is the guy walking
1: around the car park going,
0: oh, you can has got a fin key or maybe got a <laughs> bit of wax I can
1: borrow. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, we've done, we've got, yeah, wax and then... um Good ink sunscreen as well, and zinc. So that's the other thing that you're always. That's walk- snake lips. Yeah. What walking it's down the coming beach together gum. of oh. all the surf
0: entrepreneurs, <laughs> mate. Yeah, um, it. famously, uh, you know, you you reach the heights, the uh, the gold jersey heights of the tour, and uh, but then you know had uh, runs where you weren't so lucky, and, and I mean, how much did not having wax play into your Lack of form at times, during different times during your career.
1: Um, yeah, I guess if we scroll right back to uh, my first ever final against Taj, there was just one little turn that I needed to ride out of, and I would have had a um, would have had a CT win ten years earlier. But um, yeah, no wax, and <laughs> obviously by that end of the contest, there's not many people left in the comp area, so I couldn't steal off anyone. Mm. Yeah, so yep, I fucked myself.
0: Nah, <laughs> mate. Well. Swillians, don't fuck yourself. Just go to thecakeclub.com.au. Instagram is cakeclubdelivers, and you can check out a bit more about it there. But it's a mad little idea, man, and it's sick that, you know, you've got such a fucking rat bag bunch of core lords, like, all in behind it.
1: Yeah, it's good fun. We um We catch up once a week on the phone and drum out some plans and then catch up once a month and shoot some content and do some dumb videos and have fun and... Yeah, I think next we're uh, branching out into some umbrellas and beach cabanas and, yeah, it's a fun little business and we're just keeping people happy at the beach. And stuck
0: to their boards. Stuck to their boards. Never run out again, thecakeclub.com.au. Get on its Williams. Sign up. Never run out again. Does John John Flowers have Kelly
2: Slater's foreskin in his knee? This Gabby shave shaved The bits of skin That none of us can see If you drag your filthy home Down to the face Of the old man pipe Will sparks fly From a lacquer comet Across the lonely night Are the wazzles judges crazy Have they fucking lost The brief Would we'll shake her red take fifty grand Over a lettuce leaf This way Prophets will apply So Scoff your shoes And ask us a question We will speak no Lies Ask us a question We'll tell you No lies Ask us a question We'll tell you No lies
3: us a question, time, uh, and all ain't that swell special. We're letting the lunatics run the asylum for the day, and uh, it'll be me and you mopping the excrement off the walls come sundown. But that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, mate. I'm pumped. Uh, sometimes we put it out there, we just
0: throw it to the Swellians. What have you got for us? We will tell you no lies. And Smitty, I love talking to the That They're... they're well, they're just like you and me. They're fucking off their chops, mate. they do got no clue what to do with their lives. they got no clue how it all fits together. But in fact, they're fucking shamans and wizards and warlocks and Swellian queens. And they kind of do get it. In fact, they get it a lot better than a lot of other people out there who focus on the wrong things in life, Smithy. That's my takeaway from hanging with Swellians, meeting Swellians, and getting the questions from Swellians.
3: Couldn't agree more, Vaughn. They are well at home with the emptiness the nothingness the abstract uh you know they're just full-blown intergalactic just vortex spinning shamans mycelium quaffing cone ripping call or degenerates let's get into their questions pretty
2: piss week if you ask me
0: Smitty. this first one's a bit of a left turn that i wasn't ready for but this is from wiggly's paddling style he said what's up with Vaughan and Lane, what is the story behind Vaughan passing Lane Beachley? Was this a hot and heavy make-out session or just a quick peck? Have there been any other interesting combos between competitors over the years? Cheers. Thanks, Wiggly.
3: Smivy. Uh, well, I'm going to... Yeah, uh, look. I'm, yeah, go. Well, let me jump into the uh, second question first, because uh, I think it's the more saucy of the two. And uh, the two-time Gold Cone Piece award winner, can Reveal, Malia Manuel, the absolute smoke show, the world tour smoke show. And uh, Gabby Medina were in fact spied by... Was truly sucking a bit of face after his uh, win at J-Bay in 2019 up there at the Mexican restaurant slash skits doof fucking venue. That joint's off top. <laughs> by, by day, they're uh, serving up a burrito. By night, they've got some Dutch techno-wizard just turning the joint into a gurnfest. Oh, well played. I did not know and, uh, about this. This is a scoops movie. Oh, it's a massive scoop. And don't worry, the scoops uh, just keep on coming because being the hard-hitting, holes bar journalist that I am, uh, in my determination to get to the bottom of this burgeoning scoop, I naturally followed the pair home to see if this dance floor trist turned into something more. Oh, I had to know, Vaughan, whether it reached its climax uh, but I can reveal from my position in Gabby's air coni- air conditioning duct that uh, it did not. <laughs> oh wow, yeah, that's uh, that's a massive
0: scoop. Wow, wow. I mean, you've got these ripped out, high level, big fame, big money athletes uh, all touring the world together, going to these exotic locations, party, party, party. You know, every stop they're the they're the stars of every show and. Geez, it it must be tempting from time to time to look over from one tour to the next and say, "Hmm, you know what? I like what I see over there."
3: Mm. Oh, absolutely! And uh, we can only speculate about the bidding war that would have erupted should there, you know, the the little frog uh, tadpole thing make its way to the egg, and so on and so forth. We can only (laughs) speculate, but. I imagine that the bidding war between, uh, you know, the surf industry and the OnlyFans community just would have been off the Richter. Um, Holy smokes. Can you imagine? Oh,
0: my goodness. Well, yeah, look, I'm just trying to think. Have we had the equivalent of the Steffi Graf-Andre Agassi coming together where it's king and queen together at the top of the tree? Because... Was yeah. there ever a trice between Kelly Slater and Lisa Anderson, to your knowledge? I, I don't know. I mean, Ooh. they're from the same state. They spent a lot of time on the same team. They travelled around a lot together. I'm just going to leave that in the world of rumor and innuendo, maybe. But
3: mm. how does that sit on? Yeah, the air they were there? both. They were both, uh, you know, skit specimens, like in their prime. Holy smokes, Lisa Anderson! Welcome to the smoke show. The goat. Holy smokes, a swordsman the highest order uh, or whether he sheathed his Excalibur through
0: Lisa Anderson, who will know? Uh, Well, look, for those of you who may be disappointed to find out that that never eventuated, we've always got Kenny and Lane, the ultimate uh, coming together of talent, achievement, and massive, massive quadriceps. uh, Some
3: of the biggest quads you've ever seen.
0: Look, I'm not one to kiss and tell Smithy. You know me, mate. I like to keep it on the level. I've got to respect the swelling and queen, the goat. But it was just a, a random party pass at a Rip Curl Media night. I vaguely, vaguely remember it. I uh, Can't quite recall the exact scenario, but I know I was heading from the dance floor out towards the, the bar to get another beer. Gehem hurdy. Bumped into my back. Uh, Lynette McKenzie dropped a beer and bent over to pick it up. And her, her bum bumped Lane's bum. And Guy Herms, you know, shoved me. And, and we just found ourselves together. And, yes, it, that's that's how it played out, Smithy. It was a pure accident, my friend. And, sadly, nothing came of it.
3: Ah, uh, Sadly, there was not a follow-up accident. And we could have had the spawn of Lane Beachley, the original Femme Goat, and Vaughn, Rinsed Corn, Deadly, the... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but uh, look, uh, does it make her partner uncomfortable it was the, the, a, a follow-up question that Yolo Bike Man posed. And look, I can tell you from behind my speed dealers during the Manly show when we had both Lane mm. and her partner, the uh, inaccessed guitarist, Kirk Pengilly. Uh, I had my eyes firmly locked on Kirk when you were awkwardly blurting out your pashing lane story. And uh, I can tell you, he didn't seem to budge. Not one bit. <laughs> uh, I mean, it is per- Kirk Pengilly from <laughs> fucking In Excess. You think a little menage a trois is going to make him blush Vaughan? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Hugh Williams, Smithy.
0: He's got a question. It's directed right at you, my friend. Uh, he says, where is the golden... The two-time Golden Cone Piece award winner. Excuse me, Smith, for, uh, I almost blew it there. just said the Golden Cone Piece, but it's two times. Where is Smithy choosing to pack cones these days?
3: Uh, well, on my couch during the backdoor shootout was the last major session I had. I mean, if you're talking about the literal meaning of ripping one or packing one or thumb screwing one. But uh, in terms of getting chewed, I can't really tell you because... Uh, that would be transgressing the code of conduct in this here Core Lord Cone fiend sacred text form. What oh. kind of a fool is this guy? <laughs>
0: <sighs> Huey, mate, good luck. You'll never get the answer out of Smithy. not while he's living and breathing and of him in the dunes, old son. No chance. Get back on protection, you ma.
3: Got another question here from a Louis Lobsang. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just wants to know, just listening to the EP, Uh, The ep about milking cane toads for the permaculture farm. Oh, yes. Funny story. My mate Declan actually found out by research that the Australian cane toad is in the related family to the Amazonian tree frog. Wow. Uh, He captured one in his backyard, managed to make the cane toad excrete its venom, which he then let dry out in the sun. After it was dry, he smoked it in a cone and felt a strange daze for the next six hours, and mildly sick in the stomach. Something to think about. Well, just a uh, a comment there from Lewis Lobzang. But uh, look, it's been noted, and uh, thank you for the uh, research. Yeah, I think yeah, uh, we needed that to be added to the big book of plant medicines and organic secretions, mm. and uh, it's right in there, right out of the top drawer. Well played. Gold, gold cone piece on its way to your Louis Lobz. Have we heard any news, Smithy, that Slater
0: is a toad licker when it comes to Australia? Like, uh, you know, obviously we don't, you know, access to shamanistic rituals featuring, uh, you know, sacred plants isn't always available. Do, do we know if, I don't know, Kelly Slater and these other spiritual cosmic travellers on tour – are prone to a bit of cane toad licking when they come out? Have you heard anything? Well,
3: the correct the correct protocol, Vaughn, is not, in fact, to lick the toad, but uh, in the in the form of the Sonoran Desert Toad, which uh, is known to contain the 5-MeO-DMT molecule, the correct protocol is to get a pair of tweezers out and wank it off and uh, dry <laughs> that jizz out and smoke that jizz. Uh, is, this
0: actually, whether, is this actually what the, the, the toad ceremony is? More or less,
3: yeah. I mean, it's got this. It contains this fucking weird paste, and you got to get it out of it. I'm not exactly sure what orifice it comes out of, but I mean, the question uh, whether the goat is a uh, toad jizz smoker. Well, far out. I mean, uh, it could be. Could well be. I mean, look at the man's form. He's unbelievable. Mm. He's got to be tapping some misto serum. Mm. Mm.
0: Yes, I feel a bit awkward about the idea of. of you know, jerking off a little toad? Like, is he allowed to watch a little bit of toad porn? Or, like, how does he... Do we have to get, you know, do we have to get the okay? Are the animal rights activists all right with this, uh, you know, beating of the toad stool?
3: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, jerking off little toads, Geez, that's, uh, that's a task. Best left to Scott Morrison's wife, isn't it, Vaughan?
0: Uh, oh, sorry.
3: JGTB. Uh, Maybe Johnny, Gannon,
0: and TB together. Best wave Smith and Deadly have ever seen with their own eyes on the North Shore. What is the craziest North Shore wave you have seen in all your years visiting there? Who was it? And bonus points for a good Andy story. So is Andy your top ride that you've ever seen surfed with your own eyes when you're uh, visiting the Smith?
3: Uh, I, unfortunately, was not there to cop AI in full effect. I didn't get over to the islands, bruh, until uh, I believe it was 2014. So, I'm going to have to say, uh, uh, in the flesh, well, I watched J.O.B. stuff his face at Pipe during a backdoor shootout that year, along, and I was watching it from his old man, mix veranda, uh, surrounded by the weird Asian Pacific trinkets he'd accumulated over the years. I mean, he's... A, a semi hoarder, old Mick. I mean, come on, mate. Mm. How many dick bottle openers do you really need? <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it was the most perfect pipe and backdoor you've ever seen. Like, it, it can't get better than what I was looking at that day. Not the heaviest, just dreamy. And I actually learned from ja- Jamie that that's how the wave got the name the bonsai pipeline. Because when it's like that, there is not a drop out of place. It is like one of those manicured little Japanese house plants. Oh, wow yeah, a bit of trivia for you, and, uh, yeah, oh, man, I can remember, I think it was an eight-point ride, Uh, just a a fucking crazy, blue, mindless pipeline pit, uh, an eight out of twelve, and I remember Mick, like, we were both, like, the whole crowd screamed, it was just like a, he was impossibly deep in this thing, it blew so hard, and, uh, I remember Mick saying, like, you know, he, he kind of gets judged against being Jamie in those events mm. a lot of the time. Like, he's he's so good that, uh, yeah, you kind of... We, we have discussed this in the past with Dane Reynolds when he was surfing in events where, you know, he'd get a six for a single turn, but then he'd do four of them and uh, the fucking judges' skin would melt off and sparks would come flying out of their robotic eyes. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, another thing I saw in that winter... I watched Jamie do a board transition. I think it was from a, a long, a soft top, like a fucking Kmart, Walmart soft top to a short board that he almost made the wave of the winter on. And then there was also a five-two catch surf pink soft top that I believe he rolled into a crazy one from second reef on. Uh, he was just taking the piss that year. Um, and I also watched Julian Wilson beat Gabby on the buzzer. At the Pipe Masters to win the Pipe Masters Aww. with, uh, I believe it was a backdoor nugget from memory or, or I can't, I might have mixed the waves up in my mind, but uh, yeah, I remember it was particularly just yeah. getting a skizzy backdoor nug and what a win it was for the sunny coast rail shaman, aerial wizard, cone fiend core lord, but Vaughn uh, fishy fig jam. I'm going to have to go with Andre Bofa, the uh, seven foot 7'5", booger, booger, uh, who really takes the giant scrotum-shaped cake on this one. Mm. Uh, it was the day after the backdoor shootout that I just mentioned, and they actually canned the thing because it was just too big and unruly, and it was a good call. Uh, but in between the wash-throughs were these fucking 10' plus double-ups that would run off-pipe into gums. And I watched him scoop into a handful of them. I don't think he made one, but the fucking Vishnu was so taut, mm. uh, And just before the thing just exploded in this Fukushima times Chernobyl squared abomination, he'd just uh, kind of dip out the back of him. And, uh, man, I tell you, his pineal gland was Ooh. so fat and throbbing, he needed a bloke under each arm to carry him up the beach afterwards, for, and His head oh. was hanging down like a POW he just slide, and the way he do it, he just slide down the face with his huge frame dragging. And I mean, we talk about rinsing the corn, but what about rinsing the bell end? I mean, this guy won't have <laughs> to clean the smegma off for a millennia. Well, I snuck a glimpse while he was changing out of his wedgie behind me, and it looked like a giant snakeskin that flopped out of his suit. It was incredible, just translucent, speckled, windsock! Mind- mind-blowing. <sighs>
0: Fuck man, it's interesting that you picked waves that weren't, I uh, you know weren't perfect. Like, I I love that because I'm I'm kind of in the same boat. I had um, the I've probably got five waves that really stick in my memory as all time classics that I saw with my own eyes. And you know I don't know if you can ever truly appreciate Hawaii if you haven't been there and seen, you know, seen it in action. And it makes those heavy ones, oh, it it amplifies. How brutal they are by fucking untold scale, doesn't it? Like you, you yeah, you, you, because you, you you're, feel it. you sit- you feel it. Like you, you can't you, not feel waves that triple up, load into that first reef, especially at Pipeline and stuff, and just fucking thunder into the reef and shake your fucking ankle bones.
3: You're sitting so close to it. You, you're there with your your O'kanui board shorts on and your Hawaiian shirt, drinking a mai tai. Oh, in the comfort of a, a beach chair, while Andre Botha is risking life and limb for a fucking 12-foot double-up closeout. Like, it's it's a surreal experience. Yeah. It's the best
0: free show on earth, as they say. Yeah, mate. So, like, with that in mind, uh, the the waves that... I had a, a couple of uh, memorable ones from comps, like Jake Paddo, uh, the, the wave that he beat Bruce on. It was nothing special, but just... <laughs> You know what he did with all the Aussies on the beach after we just lost Mick and Mick Campbell and Danny Wheels out of the world title race, and you know it was just looking like a comp that was just delaminating in front of our very own eyes. And so for Jake to to get that win after the Hudo was pretty special. But um, I saw Jack Robbo, and this was actually in the lead-up. I'm pretty sure to either the Pipe Masters or the or the no the Billabong Pipe Pro Comp where they asked everyone their best ever ride out there. Well, I saw that one that he talks about, that roll in from, like, fucking Third Reef. He was so far out to sea, and he just was fully snowboarding on this just lump of swell that had, you know, no real uh, direction even. I don't even remember if it was breaking yet. It was just sort of this huge S-turning, winding, like, almost like river wave. And he came through, and it's, like, late afternoon – everyone's watching the comps finished it's uh it's you know beers on the top veranda of the pipe house and he just stands up and this thing just fucking honestly goes about 3 stories high and he just stands there and the vortex shaman mate is just in the fucking cathedral eh? he's in dojo he's in mecca he's in whatever great building or construct or natural spiritual centerpiece that has ever existed, he was in the center of it. And it was just like, wow. So that was crazy. Uh, yeah, that, that was probably the best wave I've almost ever seen surfed with my own eyes. And then the most memorable ever, and we've talked about it a lot on this podcast, but it's that first reef, uh, first reef, triple up, whitewashing monster that just detonates Matt Hoy. Round one, 1998 Pipe Masters. Biggest, washiest, scariest pipe you've ever seen. He makes the wrong call to exit, and he just gets completely punched into the reef. Like, punched so hard, Smithy, it double bounces him like he's a six-year-old on a trampoline, 40 foot, upside down in the air, staring back at the beach, wondering what the fuck he'd done in a past life. It was incredible.
3: He's still cleaning the sand out of his nose from that one, Nora. At least I think that's what he's cleaning out of his nose. What else would it be?
0: (laughs) But oh, that was that was just one of the great, like terrifying things. I saw that that one that Andy Irons went over the falls on in the same comp, had an interference against Munger and paddled out and just started, but like almost just fucking trying to hurt himself, you know, and, and he... Yeah, one of the great acts of self-sabotage oh, that was. It, he it was, was never making it to the bottom of that. Hectic. And he, and he turned and spun and tried to get out of it, and then we just all saw him in the, in the full cascading Niagara Falls of that pipe wave. Like, you just saw him disappear down the chute, and next thing his bored was in Four Pieces on the Beach, and that was the member one. But Hoyos... Hoyos was... I mean, we talk about theatre. That was a theatrical comedy nightmare. It, it was... It was everything, and it was so heavy. And, yeah, famously, he finally gets back to the beach. He pulls his rashi down over his beer belly, and Matt, Luke Egan's just sitting in the front yard, pointing him straight back out to sea. Get back out there.
2: Pretty pissed week, if you ask me.
3: A quick one, yeah, from Shano. Uh, Hi, smooth and deadly. I'm Shano from Yamba. We are hosting a men's surf weekend in Yamba with Powley. That's the great Shane Powell uh, as the guest pro. They've done a few with Wilco in the past, and he was wondering how to get a shout-out on your pod, podcast, trying to promote it. Well, you've come to the right place. Your request for a shout-out is granted. <laughs> and uh, well, consider it uh, shouted out. I mean, uh, do we know I what, don't know. Do yeah. we know what day it is? Do we know what, what it's called? I mean, how do we get no, to the bottom of this? That's a good question. And, and those details would have been helpful, Shano. <laughs> um, but, look, uh, just there can't be too many Shano's getting around, Yamba. Yeah, so if you're interested... Um, Jump on the gram, type Shano into it, uh, and hopefully it'll pop up.
0: That's right, mate. Uh, just on the back of uh, Shano's weekend, like I love that crew are getting out there, getting together, getting in groups, talking, getting a pro in, having it all down. And, and in light of that, Smivy, we'll be announcing uh, the Swellness Part 2 very soon. I think we're going to get our live tour out of the way first, but we're already wow. in the works to have Swellness Part 2, The Reckoning, coming soon. <laughs>
3: Oh, it'll be a reckoning, all right. And, I mean, it's interesting, too, getting a, a 90s pro down to your, your men's health weekend because uh, if there's anyone who knows how to absolutely torch your body and brain and survive it, it's uh, anyone who was on the pro tour in the 90s. Holy smokes, mm. Powley! huh? He's going to have some survival tips, Oh, that's for sure. and he's looking fit as fuck, mate. Like, he looks so
0: good. I saw him on the ground the other day, and he was, yeah, he was looking ripped out and brown and, and just... Probably in peak fa- uh, peak Powley condition. So, looking forward to what Shano does there. And uh, yeah, maybe a ticket for old Smithy and Deadly if you get a chance, mate. Would love to come along. <laughs> new Tropical. And he wants to know do the new $250 Rip Curl Brazilian butt lift board shorts actually work or are they just taking
1: the piss?
3: Uh, well, Vaughn. I can uh, I can tell you I've I've been wearing them and I'll I'll tell you mate I've been getting wolf whistled by those hot female road workers everywhere I go Mm. and uh, naturally I beat the shit out of every single one of them I mean would you uh, you know, while screaming would you whistle at your son if he was wearing a pair of Mirage (laughs) activate 40s (laughs) hey I'm no fucking object (laughs) Uh, but yeah generally I've felt really supported confident and I think there's even a bit of a fanning DNA sewn into the crutch of each pair Is, is that Right, yes. did Ridgway have a, a couple of his Rip Curl minions head over to mix and steal some unwashed undies, uh, scoop up some hair follicles and dental floss, and uh, according to my sources, they, they've they mixed it up in a giant industrial vat, which the boardies were then soaked in before being sent to market. Yep.
0: Can you confirm? Uh, yeah, confirmed. 100%. Uh, mixed free world titles and uh, the his ability, his stamina, all mixed into the DNA of these board shorts. You're 100% on, Smithy, but... Um, just while we're talking about the Mirage Activate, uh, I'd like to say that they've just dropped uh, a new clip with all the team wearing those boardies. And if you want to see some really perky cheeks on Gabby Medina, Kip Caddy, Mason Ho, and uh, the like, you can get on there. It's called the Mirage Activate Compression Expression Session. Oh, get a bit of you'll that. You'll be in
3: rushing down. off. To milk the nearest
0: little toad you can find. Yeah, and it was funny, man, because when I, I was uh, doing the ad read for Blitz earlier this week, I, I was just doing a cold read. I hadn't sort of read through it first, and I had the biggest laughing fit, dude. I couldn't believe that that's what they'd called their clip, the com- the Mirage Activate Compression Expression Session. <laughs> and, yeah, I had to cut, like, a good three minutes of laughing out. welcome made me
3: laugh. Yeah. The uh, compression session, I don't know if it's uh, changed meanings. In my uh, adulthood, but the old-fashioned compression session, was that not a reference to sitting in Dog Marsh's Camry and ripping hot ones back in the That's day? That's what I thought. <laughs> uh, we've got one here from Wellcombed, who wants uh, to know, well, he's got a little bit of a story, a bit of a yarn-born. I recently encountered my first seacock, approximately 60 nautical miles off Adelaide, while crayfishing. I couldn't believe it. What a spectacle. Made me wonder, though, have we discovered every shreddable wave out there, or is there more tubes to be unveiled in this vast orb, just like the elusive hood of the deadly seacock? <laughs> Cheers, lords, asks Will. More tubes, and uh, which giant seacocks will be guarding their orbular treasures born?
0: Mm, I've never seen a hooded seacock, so I think that they must go get the snip as soon as they're born. But uh yeah, I think there's more more orbs out there, Smithy. I mean, every time, you know, Nate Floz or Mace or uh, you know, Harry Bryan or or any of these fucking rock lords turns up to a piece of coastline that no one bothered to look at it because it, it might just be a cliff going into ocean. They seem to find yet another seacock breeding ground. And uh, the boys do not mind getting in amongst it. I mean, uh, nothing is more thrilling, Smithy, than driving in the desert, peering off the edge of the cliff, jumping out there once you've found some sort of, you know, inside-out gargling monster, and then just copping the spray of a violent seacock mission right in the back of the head.
3: Oh, how good. Just remember, if you're going hunting cones, be prepared for the seacock and his venom. Pack your pickle fork, pack your regular fork, pack your pitchfork, and pack your trident because you're going into
1: battle. <laughs>
4: <laughs> the sea has monsters. Giant, terrible beasts. But none inspire more dread or fear than the mythical great Sea Cock. Steady yourselves, mates, for this is a true story. Well, here is the legend of the thing, the world's most mighty ship, held the bodies and the souls of three hundred men from its arsehole to its tip. All praise. Fingaloo, they sang from the port as she sailed that day. Nobody could have known the fate that lay in the great ship's weight. Weeks went by with no sight of land, and the men did hit their rum. And the big black clouds pouring off the bow, told of trouble sure to come. The winds were strong and the seas were rough, but the Fingaloo stood firm and tough. When down in the galley came a mighty thud As though the ship was struck by the fist of God Well, a seaman ran to the starboard deck And to a man they were all in shock Before their eyes was a beast in breach T'was the feared great white sea cock and it rose from the sea four hundred feet tall, and it spat from its eye an obnoxious pull. And the men did pray as they were showered in spray, as the great white cock then began to fall. And it fell full weight on the fingerloo, and the once great ship was now in two. And the ghosts of the men haunt the ports and docks, and if you listen to the wind you might hear them sing.
0: Seacocks especially. No, Smivy, is there no end to world champ greediness? Do you think that John John F, Medina, Felipe, and Italo are just going to trade world titles until they retire? Who mm. could have a good crack at disrupting them? I'd love your take on this because the first two comps of the year have uh, kind of answered that question for us in a way.
3: Yeah. But Vaughn Champ Greed. Champ greed. We cannot underestimate how intoxicating it is. And there is precedent. I mean, you know, once these guys and gals get on a roll, they don't like to cough up their share of the pie, do they, Vaughn? No, they don't. Steph Steph won four in a row without giving anyone a look. In the GOAT went five in a row before his hair started falling out. And he freaked out and disappeared into the jungles of the mental eye. Uh, Lane won six on the trot. And you remember what happened there, Vaughn? I mean, that was one of the boycotts that... Girls Can't Surf the uh, amazing documentary Left Out, the, the one where all the women were out there with their banners saying, Give it a fucking break, Lane. You serious, cunt? It's a couple of crumbs, you dog. Hey? Eh?
4: Hey? Yeah.
3: <laughs> oh, sorry. But, uh, we're not even really talking about that, are we? We're talking about some kind of unholy trinity, some kind of reptilian deep state scam where the top dogs take turns hosting bunker mm. parties in their mansions and carving up the world title loot between them. Uh, is, that, is that what's being suggested to oh, think so that yeah, kind I... of champ greed? Just a, a, another uh, parallel to the greed happening in this ordinary world of ours?
0: Yeah, I think that's bang on, man. And It's, it's some sort of stonemason area of, of world champions all getting together and just keeping them for themselves. Just rolling the dice mm. at these secret society meetings where they wear uh, change towels instead of druid robes. And they all get in there, you know, probably with some Jamie O'Brien camoed sluggos underneath. They all disrobe, light a little fire in the middle with uh, some sort of totem, I don't know, maybe a goat or some sort of milked cane toad with a little stiffy, and they all just uh, share the winnings for the next two decades between themselves. Mm, It's troubling, Vaughn.
3: It's a worry. And, uh, I mean, in terms of someone who can vanquish these unholy reptiles, I mean, who is going to be our Batman, Vaughn? And is his name... Ethan, <laughs> it's Or is this a job for the Vortex Shaman Vaughn, oh. a wizard to go into this tomb and vanquish these demons? Or well, the
0: pickle. What about the pickle, Smithy? She might be just Uh-oh. the one to upset the apple cart. Rip the toad from the middle of these strange, chanting, title trophy courting fucks and get it done for for the new generation.
3: Ah, uh, here, I <laughs> top with a bit of pickle.
0: <sighs> well said.
3: Born we've got one here from Jake Wodger. 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 Kicker. Do you think the Was have got it wrong with the Wild Cards? After the mid-season cut, I've been thinking about this a lot since last year, and I find it so odd that the lower portion that get cut from the CT have to battle it out to get back on tour. Then the Wild Cards get the opportunity to surf at a higher level when arguably much better surfers are now missing out. Mm. So in reality, there's potentially a huge gap in talent. Should the next highest cut CT surfers instead get the wild card spots to get back on tour instead of sitting six months on the sideline? Love to hear your thoughts,
0: boys. I kind of get what, he's, what it, where he's going with this, Smith, because, you know, you, you lose your spot on tour and then you have to suffer the indignity of watching, you know, uh, I don't know some marketing flavour of the month or or some uppity little Grom who has never had, you know, much of a crack get a spot in a CT or some ancient old relic who they've thought out to drop into the draw for a little bit of a story. Like, it, it's got to be hard to swallow if you've just missed the cut to see one of those crew get your spot at G-Land or, or whatever. Don't you, agree?
3: Absolutely. I mean, the wild card concept is one of the most nebulous things going around world sport that you can just cherry-pick some freak or weirdo from the bleachers and go, hey, put on your rashie. You're in, son. Mm. Uh, it's, a, yeah, it's a strange concept that the Wazzle's cooked up in uh, what I can only imagine is some kind of meth lab out the back of the goat pool. But they've come up with it nonetheless and inseminated it into the World Tour season. It does create some great narratives, though, Vaughn. It does. I mean, Moana, Moana Jones-Wong, uh, the Pipe Masters, uh, Barry Mia uh he, he had some incredible performances, yeah. at pipe and, and elsewhere but Bruno Santos yes, winning
0: chopes I mean that there, there's a precedent for these stories being incredible anything you know any wild card they've given Bethany Hamilton over the years has just been I mean met with celebration not not simply because she is the hero that she is but because like she lifts the entire performance of everyone on that tour whenever she's in an event like it's it's thrilling to watch but oh Man, I just wish that if they're gonna go down that road of of choosing narratives, like who there therefore is choosing what is the best story, the most appealing? Like where does that decision lie? Is that with the sponsors? Mm, is yeah. it with the was? Like, who decides what is a good enough story for someone to get a wild card? Yeah, it's a trippy one, man. It's a trippy one.
3: Well my sources tell me they have a giant spinning wheel like hey hey it's saturday in the Wazzle office and they just give it a, a wrench and it goes click 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 and uh sometimes you know it'll land on Kyle Lenny and sometimes it'll land on Kai Neville. but uh you know that's the mm. that's the debacle we're in Vaughn that's the pickle
0: ah oh, well uh yeah look wild cards no clue how they work i'm always excited when they're good and i'm always baffled when they're keanu as in hey.
3: jacob sunbirth and barefoot is surf her, her, her oh, name Sorry, isn't no, dead, that's, that's uh, my typo, not his. Jo- okay, journalism, sorry. yeah. Well, uh, yeah, well, I mean, it's it's spelt uh, something halfway between uh, journalism and horseshit. So, uh, I mean, it's accurate, really.
0: <laughs> I can't believe I sent you that typo on that question. Is surf journalism
3: uh, dead? Yeah. Uh, since the collapse of mags, staff writers. Uh, since the collapse of Mag Star This is a fucking I'll tell you Surf journalism <laughs> right? The grammar in this Is deplorable <laughs> Wow My bad Sorry Spivy uh, Yeah instead of since It's actually spelt ints Like Paul Ints, The great Liverpool Well gameplay, uh, mate but- I've, I've
0: accidentally I'm a really hard typer Like when I type uh, I used to drive Everyone in the Surfing World office Mad because I I type like If someone's firing A fucking Like a machine gun In the same room It's just tick 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 and i was typing one day and the s button actually exploded off my uh keypad so there's no s so whenever i'm sending you emails or texts or whatever there's no s's so that's why it says Ah. you know miv instead of smiv whenever i'm talking to you Mm -hmm. and uh yes ins instead of (laughs) since sorry mate
3: yep Very muff well uh since the collapse of mags staff writers are no longer employed is it still possible to make a living off surf journalism if you're not the big corn dog? <laughs> mm. Yeah, good question, uh, Sunbird.
0: <laughs> My end's all right. That was just a fuck up.
3: <laughs> uh, but, I mean, in answer to that question, is it. Po- I mean, look, it's a hard one because uh, the two words, surf and journalism, they're not an easy fit when most of the time you're writing uh, piss-wee corporate propaganda for surf companies. It's not a whole lot of hard-hitting going down, mm. but nor is there hard-hitting journalism going down on the mainstream networks, which are uh, even more so just a exercise in corporate cock-sucking and toad-milking. Uh, it's a fucking disgrace over there. So, uh, I mean, is surf journalism dead? Well, uh, I'm jumping around on top of its fucking grave if it is Vaughn because uh yeah I think uh, there's uh, no more truth and reality being spoken between the airwaves of this program than in all history of surf journalism and all the various cone pieces that have been handed out over the years I believe podcasts, uh, the future of surf gurners, mm. and we too, Vaughn, are the future gurners, the present gurners, the... Uh, we gurn harder know, than maybe. anyone, Smithy. We oh. gurn harder than anyone, there's no doubt. You better believe it. So is it dead? Well, uh, how do your ear holes feel
0: right now, you dog? <laughs> hey. now, I'd also like to give uh, a doff of the cap to the... The stab series, how surfers get paid. I mean, that seems like pretty solid journalism to me.
3: Yeah, that's right. No, and look, the stab premium, uh, kind of forum or paywall has created a, a whole new income for ju- surf journalists. Uh, and they, you know, they're big enough where you can actually operate with a fair bit of freedom, uh, and you got you know a bit of pushback there, and. Uh, In fairness, mate, if you want a gig there, like, fuck, Smitty's pretty tied up these days. So start pitching them some ideas. Uh, I think it's BucketRollingYouth.com or BucketStabMag.com. Send him your best because uh, they're constantly hounding me to write stories and I just, uh, frankly, can't be fucked anymore.
0: (laughs) Well, I want to give a doff to uh, some of the crew out there who are churning out pretty sick stuff, man. I mean, Brizzyk, always at the top of the tree. Sean Doherty, still... You know, owning and editing his own mag, uh, Surfing World, subscribe, get behind that independent journalism. Nick Carroll, he's still going. Steve Shearer's there on our swell net, and so is Stu Nettle. Uh, man, there's a heap of them out there still fucking beating that old school surf journalism drum, and in the traditional way. And I think uh, we're well worth celebrating their commitment to living a life of extreme poverty.
3: Yes, well said, well said. I concur. And uh, look, you know, whatever crumbs they're subsisting on, look, it's it's doing their, their brains and their frames incredible justice because these guys look great. Yeah, they all look a bit like uh, Abe from Abe's Odyssey, but, you know, their fucking brains are huge and they got big swinging phalluses. Mm. So what else do you want?
0: Yeah, exactly, mate. Exactly.
4: There ain't no sunshine when she's gone.
2: In all sunshine, when she's gone, this house ain't no home. Yeah, get it, India. We'll go to India.
0: (laughs) Dos WP Smivvy wants to know when will the Wazzle justify their event selections? The fans should hear why Gillian gets the punt and the pool is in. Also, when will they move the championship day from Trestles? We will be getting world champs, in inverted commas, who are just good navigators of a six-foot, at best, eight-foot performance wave. What about another wave of mortal conequence, Something we've addressed on this show a lot. A one-month wait period in Indo somewhere, solid waves, round tubes, monster hacks, some end-section progression. Yeah, that's the uh, the question there, Smivy. And, you know, we've talked about why Indo probably isn't a good fit, but why won't they explain themselves when it comes to the waves? I mean, it's probably not that hard to figure out. There's a dollar sign in the in it for them somewhere, right?
3: Yeah, it, it's a great question and a great point. And, uh, yeah, I would really like to know what is the justification for the goat pool getting back in. And, uh, you know, aren't there some... Fearless surf journalists who should be out there demanding accountability from the Wazzle for this, Vaughn? I mean, uh, I'd do it, but I saw what happened to the last journalist who tried to expose the Wazzle. Yeah, Mikey Siramella. We all know what happened to him, Vaughn. They fucking shrunk the cunt with a giant laser beam! (laughs) He wasn't always three foot. (laughs) But uh, the the only other... (laughs) Yeah, and the other oh, rationale no. <laughs> I can come up with for the goat pool's re-inclusion uh, was a bit of sheesh, uh that was handed over to the Wazzle Chief ELO in the form of Skits Vishnu at the pool, some late night sessions and possibly a little after party bunker um, party, although I can't confirm either. Oh, man, I mean,
0: are they going to unveil something new at this goat pool? Like, are, are, we, are we in for a surprise, maybe? It's, it's the only thing I can think. Like, there must be some new development that they're going to unleash on us because they know that their core fan base fucking hates it. So why would you just tempt the gods of reaction, which, and I'm talking negative reaction, like the, the gods of the, uh, the commentariat, to basically pile on the hate any more than they already do with another, you know, same, same event in the pool. But there yeah. must be something new. There's got to be. There has to be, Smithy.
3: Well, I can confirm, for and this is another major scoop, that the goat pool was, in fact, built on the land that was formerly occupied by uh, Charles Manson's commune, acid commune out there. And uh, in the spirit of such things, I believe there will be some Kool-Aid spoked, uh, spiked with toaches and that the competitors will be sipping from it. They'll be forced to sip from it at gunpoint and surf their heat. So this will all be behind the scenes, of course. But, I mean, we saw what happened with that surfing reality TV show. It fucking tanked. Ratings went off a cliff. And they thought, how can we spice up these pool shenanigans? Uh, look, we can't really run a bunga party uh, because word will get out. So uh, instead, we'll, mm. we'll spike the Kool-Aid with toad jizz. Uh, I got this scoop from one of the Guatemalan uh, illegal immigrants who was uh, forced to milk the toad.
0: Mm, interesting. I'm, I'm curious to see how it plays out. I mean... Look, the only way I can see myself watching this pool comp is if they somehow mix it with uh, some sort of celebrity big brother. You know, Matthew McConaughey was down at the sunset comp, you know, spooking and shuckers with Griff Colapinto and Molly Picklam and Katie Simmers and whatnot. What if we got, you know, him, uh, maybe Paul Fisher... Uh, Cameron Diaz, just just a few alias celebs with connections to surfing, and chuck them in a few heats, and a good maybe idea. even yeah, get them all on the toad, and and see if any romance blossoms. blossoms. Maybe uh, get them on some sort of reality TV tilt where we're not just invested in the surfing, but we're invested in the shenanigans and the potential love
3: trice that could play out. Wow. Now you're really starting you to me? sound like Manson Vaughan, just spiking everyone with toe jizz, and then uh, the cult leader just gets to dip in and his sword in whoever he likes. That's uh, yeah, mm, interesting. I don't know. It could uh, be we, on. We know everyone's got their the price. Side. Just ask. uh what was it? Dennis from the Beach Boys. Uh, he was one of Manson's uh, victims, let's too. say. To and, his and offer of he was bunga the only party. one who
0: surfed. He was the only Beach Boy who surfed too, Smithy. Wow. So you do the math.
3: You, you do, do the, the math. math. Conspiracy? I think so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) PG Nugget. Uh, So he likes to keep it all above board. PG Nugget. By now it's well established knowledge. How much would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? But hypothetically, who on tour could launch Pip Toledo the furthest if so challenged? My money is on O'Leary. He'd probably utilize a shot-put style spinning fling to clear an unbeatable distance down the beach. Oh, who could throw Phil Toledo the furthest out of everyone on tour? This is a this is one of those great questions. On your ah. nuggsy.
3: Oh, wow. Yeah, he's a, well, I mean, he's a, a coiled up, rock-hard little projectile, so you can throw him through all kinds of things. But my question is, you know, wouldn't Sirimella be better suited to play this role? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I guess you yeah, know who's gonna watch that. I mean, he wouldn't oh, be the first surf journalist thrown through a glass window—that's for sure.
0: No, definitely not. No, uh, there's been a few good punch-ups over the years with journo's and and pro surfers. Uh, any is that right? Mind? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, geez, look, uh, so I came
3: close. I came close a couple of times, but no one wanted a piece of old Smiffy, the South Sydney rugby league skinhead. Uh, but yeah, come close to uh trading a couple with Bobby Martinez.
0: Really? Uh, but but yeah. so much respect there from, from the Smith for Bobby.
3: Oh of course. I mean, uh look and let me tell you, that respect was a one way street because he didn't give a fuck about me. Mm. Uh, and uh, look, it had nothing to do with me. And I was able to talk him down, but my um Thirst for violence was actually a, a handy card to have in that situation because, yeah, as you know, Vaughn, idolize the man. And uh, last thing I want to be doing is trading blows with the great Ventura or Santa Barbara and Goofy Foot icon while the mm. hysterical Dave Stansfield screams next to us. Um, so, yeah, I was able to talk him down there. I, draw, well, I mean, we've spoken about it. Ad Nauseam, born Smithy, my uh, bizarro Smithy. Telling me to uh, buy him a drink at a Gold Coast, now defunct Gold Coast nightclub, to mm-hmm. which I replied, you've got the money, cunt. You buy me a fucking drink. <laughs> uh, twitchy beat well, a hasty exit. But yeah, I wouldn't have been fucking, I wouldn't have been sticking up the jukes to a 21-year-old smithy, that's for sure. No, well, look, I, I can
0: uh, I can recall a story about Shane Haran, Mr. Green let us leave himself, punching out Derek Hine after an unfavourable... Surfer Magazine Top 44 review.
3: Oh, yeah. uh, mate, uh, that, that's an old school Southside, Northside beef. You don't want to be stoking those fires if you're not prepared to put up the Duke's morn. Yeah, well,
0: for, from from what I heard, this happened in uh, Jeffrey's Bay. So, a very unhappy Shane, uh, who I believe was in Camp uh, Hind, possibly, for some coaching at some stage. But, yeah, the two of them did not see eye to eye, Smithy. Well pumped. Uh, on that one. And... Um, Who else? Sean Doherty and Andy Irons had a scuffle. They uh, traded blows one night uh, on the the foyer of uh, a hotel. And then um, Nat Young punched out, not a journo, but the publisher of Tracks magazine, an old English guy called uh, Philip Mason, who was, uh, yeah, not to Nat's standard of uh, someone who should be in control of surfing. Not sure what that argument was about, but, yeah, took him out, laid him out, flat, gone. And yeah. I've seen us, wow. Sonny Garcia drag a few journos uh, behind caf, uh, contest scaffolding over the years as well, and don't know exactly what happened beyond there, but I don't think it was a Q&A.
3: Okay. Mm, that's interesting. I believe that. That's a uh, couple of
0: old histories for you.
3: Yeah. I, I love that little stroll down memory lane. Interested to know whether the Foster Firebrand Doughty, gave me an old Liverpool kiss to AI and uh, just finished him off with a couple of slippers. I mean, is that how he got the nickname <laughs> Sean Slipper Doherty? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm not sure, but Doherty will tell you the story. He's written about it a few times. It's a it's a good one because Andy, you know, Andy just would react uh, without thought, just however he was feeling in the moment. And if, he's, if he had a couple of beers under his belt, it was on. And Sean O just doesn't take a backward step. So, you know, once he got challenged, those two were just at it. And, yeah, a few blows traded, but no... Love lost. They actually uh, remain good friends
3: throughout. Ah, uh, one more to add to that list. I believe it was uh, our very own cop <laughs> aka Silvio Bunga Party. <laughs> he may have got a a little uh, a little touch up from the great Kalar Alexander, and uh, I believe uh, you know the story. And this is we're entering a uh, libellious territory. We might have to bleep a few names here, but I believe the indiscretion was just an overzealous hug, Vaughn. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, you know when you're trying to kind of ram your personality and chutzpah down someone's throat and they're just like, get the fuck away from me, cunt. I don't know you. Oh. I don't want to be a mate. Uh, that's a classical indiscretion to make with Polynesians, too. Uh, something I observed from afar or actually from close quarters during my upbringing. Uh, some people kind of get a bit, I don't know, unsettled by the fierce warrior mana that can uh, emanate from these famous core lord warlords and want to buddy up and get all schmaltzy and schmoozy and they just fucking want to rid themselves of these pestilent gronks and mm. rid themselves they do with a flurry of punches, Vaughn.
0: Yep, yep. I mean, the more you trawl, the more they're ass So there's definitely a little bit of a There's always been a bit of, I don't know, there's been trust issues between the, the surf media and, and pro surfers. And, and I think... Uh, Throughout the 90s and 80s in particular, that trust uh, became an issue because the fucking surfers were terrified that it would get out what they were getting up to when they were not in heats. Like, I mean, that's the only place it could have come from, you know? What goes on tour stays on tour, all that sort of shit. And, um, yeah, I reckon that's where it kind of, the the lines got blurred, you know? Mm, It's a good point. I know that. I know that, like, you know, every surf journalist has been privy to information that they had to make a decision about, what do I do here? Am I a journalist or am I just a writer who facilitates the marketing messages of the great big three? You know, that was the call. That was the choice everyone had to make. I mean, I was a frother, not really a journo. So I quite often just didn't give a fuck about any of the uh, real stories going on. And I was just happy to just go fucking celebrate the surfing itself. But, you know, when the internet came in and people started questioning it, what is surf journalism? I was like, mate, fuck, don't ask me. I've always just been the guy frothing out. And it's it sort of, I don't know, man. I just don't know if you went through surf mags all the way back to the very start of Surfer, if you found any true hard-hitting story about what was really going on, whether it was the starter comps, how contests were f- were, or, and companies were founded and the, the goings-on that they needed to make money to survive. Like, all these things were never reported on. So, you know, who was actually telling these stories?
3: Yeah, it's a perplexing one, really, Vaughn. because, I mean, uh, I remember when I was 21 and I got the job at Stubb and, you know, pretty fresh out of uni and, like, uh, you know, under the tutelage of Fred Paul, the Walkley Award-winning hard-nosed daily telegraph journalist and uh he was kind of into me about you know upholding the the codes of conventional journalism and it's like which code are we uh are we to subscribe to the code of conventional journalism or the code of surf culture whose values are we trying to uphold here uh, are we trying you know what's what's the kind of stories that we do it that we want to tell And I used to wrestle with that a lot. I didn't really understand. I was just kind of doing the bidding of my employers at that time. Mm. But as I got older, I came to realize that, like, I just want to uphold the values of surf culture. I love fucking surfing and surf culture more than anything. And the values of surf culture are stone-cold degeneracy, uh, shameless tube piggery, vortex shamanism, rail shamanism, aerial wizardry, and uh, incredible tales of decadence and indulgence and traveling the world to obscure locations uh, at the expense of family and friendships and all kinds of other relationships. I mean, these are the the things that make our sport great and great again and great again over and over again. Um, So yeah, it's a hard one. But on the flip side of that, you know, I look at someone like AI and his passing and I always wondered, you know, what if he was exposed for the rampant, drug abuse and uh, addiction issues that he had, and it was a, mm. a really poorly kept secret, you know, would he be still be alive? Like, would that have forced uh, him to change his ways or forced Billabong to play their hand and, uh, and force him to change? It? You know, like, these are questions that uh, in other high-profile sports, when high-profile sports people have raging um, drug and alcohol abuse issues, they're, they're often outed very quickly and forced into rehab um or you know they're cut from all their advertising deals and sponsorship deals so yeah it's a hard one man i
0: fucking surf mags never sold themselves as daily broadsheets they weren't places for news man they were places for fantasy and they were places to fucking live the dream like i don't know how many surfers Wanted to pick up a mag in those days, after you know working all week or fucking grinding it out or doing whatever they were doing at home to make the fucking get the bills paid in, in at a time when housing inflation was 17 percent, and you want to read up and read about fucking scandals and and just fucking shit when you could just be reading about some new fucking wave with Ock and and I don't know current fucking surfing in it, but I don't know, like you know what I mean
3: hundred percent. But what are you
0: selling? Are you selling the dream, or are you selling like the nightmare? So it was always a, It's in retrospect, it it was a culture that that everyone loved and wanted to be a part of, and all of that. But the unchecked reality of it did fucking create a few heavy, heavy things.
3: Yeah, and look, in my opinion, there's not a whole lot to expose or or journalize or gurnalize about in serving you know it's just like uh, the worst case scenario um generally is just a bit of fucking drug-fueled degeneracy and yeah. uh like man like, who am i to uh you know start throwing stones oh, i've played my part in plenty of drug-fueled escapades over the years but uh you know more broadly like if you want to understand what journalism really fucking is it's like it's stuff like uh Julian Assange, like, like that's a good, uh, good example of what it is. It's just fucking exposing the war pig scum. It's in- exposing the fucking weird mechanics of capitalism and the banker swine that uphold this fucking stupid, redundant system. It's uh, you know, going head to head with putrid dictators. Fascists of all kinds, are constantly just ripping people off, forcing people to live in poverty and pain and unnecessary suffering. It's taken aim at all that shit, and that mm. shit ain't really happening in surfing generally. So, like, no. uh, and it's happening in the real world, but you won't see it in the mainstream press either. So, you know, I don't know. At least surfing has some kind of. Uh, culture to celebrate. I don't know what the fuck mainstream media is doing these days. It's a it's a g up, but thankfully we got podcasts where the real truth doth be spoken for, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a good time, man. Podcasts are fucking amazing. They've absolutely changed the media landscape. Like nothing else than uh, surfing podcasts are no exception. Fuck,
0: mate. I enjoy that chat, Smitty. I enjoy going down these rabbit holes with you, mate, because you know, fuck. It's always good to look back at at how serious and angry and fucking, I don't know, disenchanted and cynical and bitter you can get about surfing. But fucking wake up to yourself, cunts. It's fucking fun. And, you know, the worst of it is still not even a drop in the ocean compared to what's really going on out there.
3: Gibbs, just after a bit of lineup etiquette advice, boys, there's an older bloke, 65-ish, who sits at the top of the peak with us often. Now, we respect the shit out of him and let him miss waves and get a free ride back to priority. He's the man for still shredding and is still doing on six-foot-plus days. My issue, that the last few days have been sold and cooking and I've had to be on the tools all day, leaving me a small window to get a shred in. The last couple of nights I've let the old legend sit inside me and butcher set after set as the sun goes down. Now I generally get plenty of waves having grown up in this spot and I'm not greedy. Just need a couple. What's <laughs> your advice on tackling this? I had many impure thoughts. Chur boys. Ah, sounds like he's uh, from the land of the long white toad venom. Mmm, on your gubsy. Nice one. Um,
0: oh, jeez. Maybe I... Oh, I mean, if this guy has earned the respect of the lineup and they're happy to let him go for his paddle and miss a few and butcher a couple and still retain his spot at the top, he must be a pretty good bloke. Like, not too many crew I know, legend or not, get the right to just paddle straight back up up the inside,
3: even if they've missed a couple. Sure, but what if he's been bunging this on since his 20s, Vaughn? What if he's been playing that, <laughs> that humble, oh, just fucking paddling the rings around cunts? Uh, you know, since '72.
0: Yeah, well, um, I don't know, but I, I think if he's if this guy's getting a getting his, if it's starting to become a problem, I'm sure he could just say to the bloke, "Hey, mate, you missed that last one. How about I just go this next one?" And he gets his one or two. He, he's saying he's not greedy. He only needs a couple. Gubsy only needs a couple, bro.
3: I give him a couple. So, I mean, you can kind of see the time lapse now, can't you, Vaughan? Just this guy just paddling rings, catching wave, catching wave, and the sun just setting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can
0: fully picture it It's a great image But yeah I, I think I think old mate Could just Just do it with a little chat Just be like Hey mate You cool if I go the next one And, and I'm Pretty sure the old fella if he's, if he's If he's good bloke He's gonna say Yeah no worries mate Yeah I fucked up that last one Sorry bros Sorry cuz Yeah I, I reckon It's just a chat get, get get Solve your problem Before it happens
3: Mick Bean wants to know: Are straight white male adult beginner surfers the most hated people on the internet? Asking for Joel Tudor. Yeah, Val. Um, by another word, I don't spend a lot of
0: time trawling comment boards. I just don't. I, I'm. I don't know why. I just. It's just find it completely uninteresting. I know there's a lot of good stuff on there. I know there's a, a lot of pretty, you know, tapped humour, but. Whether or not crew out there hate white male adult learners more than anyone else is probably the most oh – it just is, means nothing to me. I mean, I thought they hate everyone. Don't they hate everyone in those in those places? Yeah, whether they hate it or not, don't care. And uh, what Joel Tudor thinks, I'm sure he'll jump on some form of uh, communication and, and let us all know because he's not not backwards in coming forward with that bloke. Hope you get the lot, your dog. Got a good one here from uh, Timmy – Toe ball, and he wants to know, can you explain the science of the spit? Did you do a bit of research on this?
3: Yeah, uh, it's a good question, and the answer is actually very similar to my theory for magic mushrooms fawn, uh, which is each time you eat a magic mushroom, you are downloading the wisdom of everything that's ever come before you on this planet, which has all gone back into the mycelium, as all things do. Uh, and it's very similar, except that spit is actually the combined detritus of every cornhole that was ever rinsed in the cone zone, broken mm. down and reconstituted through the magical guy and brine that we know as the ocean.
0: Oh, mate, say no more. That is all I need to uh, bathe. Just open my open my eyes, open my soul, open every, every orifice and just be filled with that briny goodness. Mate. There's a part two. Part two here, Smithy. It says, why isn't there a title-sniffing fiend out there trying to win every paddle battle with their own signature model webs? Utfs, you bring me so much happiness and so much to talk about with me, mates. You on your Timmy? Uh, yeah, webs, mate. What happened to them? Why hasn't anyone released a signature series? Glenn Winton, Richie Collins. Uh, yeah, who was the last person you know? Or oh, Jody Cooper, the Swellian Queen?
3: That's right, Maureen. uh You'd make Richie Collins a very happy man, that's for sure, and. Uh, as far as I know, Collins is still repping him. I saw him at Aldi the other day, picking through the collie flowers with him on, and he gave me the stink eye when I tried to, you know, say good day and look at a couple with my bare hands, said something about stopping the spread, you selfish <laughs> can eh? But uh, anyway, it's a clear advantage, isn't it, Vaughan? Really? Yep. The club? So I, I don't understand why they went the way of the dodo. It's surely just a matter of time until we see Griffin in a pair, giving his penchant for paddling cunts up the reef. And, uh, yeah, you imagine, though, like, one of those super paddling modern pros in a pair of webs. webs, they, They'd be dead set glitch-moding through the lineup, wouldn't they? Covering five like metres got... in a single stroke. Yeah, man, and I
0: feel like we're due for a bit, uh, a few of these fashion statements to come back. I mean, uh, surfing recently has just sort of reconnected with the 90s. I mean, uh, through things like Nosvid and... The booger scene and uh, the mullets and the speed dealers. There's been a lot of sort of early 90s vibes coming back. Even the long boardies. Saw that uh, quickie, bong. They're all bringing back the uh, the long board shorts. But it's time to go back a little further, I think, Smitty. It's time to get this uh, fluro, uh, you know, Oakley freaking razor
3: blades and, and web gloves back in the lineup. Nose guards. What happened to them? Oh, mate, they were genius. The pointy nose on the surfboards one of the most redundant piece of t- pieces of technology ever. I have no idea why they exist. But uh, the web gloves, mate, you know, as much as I want to say I love them, I did wear them for a bit, and I just had this problem where the the rail would get caught in the webs, and I just kept smashing my face on the board as I went to take off. You know what I mean? Ah. Just like, yeah, I'd go to take off, grip the rail, and the web wouldn't let me, and i just... Fucking my hands would slide away and I just kept putting my nose through the deck.
0: Whoa. Whoa, that's a that's
3: a design fault, Smith. Mm. That's hectic. Oh yeah, I mean well yeah, exactly. And I don't worry, I fucking sued the pants off Gotcha for it too.
0: Right on board. So this is uh this one caught me slightly off guard, Smithy. So check this out. Hey, boyos, worth telling the story of the rings and medallions of 2004 and 2005. AOA got the first, KS the second in 05. Info is on Ride On Boards, so that's the uh, the Instagram handle, Ride On Boards, spelt how it sounds. Me and Mike O'Leary of Mod Design did them, plus Rabbit Nose, the very interesting gig at the time, and we got fuck all out of it. Mods died in 2019, so I thought it would be cool to tell the story. Thanks, MJ Kira. Now, that might all sound a bit abstract, right? But I did a bit of research, and it turns out that in 2004 and 2005, as well as the world title trophies, there were fucking Super Bowl rings handed out by the Was or the ASP at the time. They were gold smithy. They had rubies uh, embossed into them, and they were engraved. Engraved and handed to the world champs. So, A.I. and Lane got him in 05. Slater and Chelsea Georgeson got him. Sorry, in 05. Andy and Lane in 04. Uh, medallions were handed out for the second and third place getters. So, uh, where are these fucking historical, historical monuments today, Smivy? Where well, is Kelly Slater and Andy Irons' Super Bowl rings? Can you believe this? This is one of the great scoops we've ever uncovered on this podcast
3: absolutely i mean what's not talked about is that those rings cost so much money that they bankrupted uh, the ASP and forced rabbit to not only sell the ASP to the WSL but you know spend his years living in a moldy dog kennel in Greenmount
0: wow that's insane isn't it gold rings brought the ASP undone who would have thought Not the first. I mean, you know. as, as a historical, uh, you know, monument, as a historical totem, these rings, like, you should see them. I'm going to whack them up on a gram. They're fucking tripped out, mate. Like, they're full-blown, you know, like that that weird little era where surf jewellery was a thing. Uh, you could buy them out of the classifieds. Remember that? Remember in old yeah. Trax mags? You could buy a shark to- tooth necklace or a, a puka shell necklace or some sort of engraved wavering. Well, they were right in the spirit of those things.
3: Yeah, right. Okay, yeah, I had a couple of shark tooth necklaces, uh, a couple of tiger shark necklaces purchased from up here in Byron Bay, world famous back when it was just a humble whaling and shark scalping village. But uh, yeah, it, it was an interesting chapter. And I say bring it back. I mean, we know the Brazilians love their jewellery. I mean, who doesn't love a bit of jewellery, Vaughn? Uh, mm. So yeah, I'm all for it. We're back and and give me a look at these uh these forgotten heirlooms. I mean, yeah, it's insane that uh Chelsea Georgeson, now Chelsea Hedges won one because uh yeah I mean she's not like she's rolling in dough at the moment. They can't be worth a whole packet, you know. She's fucking in there working uh, mopping up the HPC toilets as the janitor. It's brutal.
0: <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure last time I went to the Cooley, like the Cooley Tweed head zone, I went into a hawk shop and I saw it right next to uh, ah. a couple of old guitar tuners and uh, a, a vintage Dean Morrison, like yes, it was yellow, bright. I'm talking yellow, yellow. Uh, one of old Dingo's toothpick sleds from the early 2000s. So yeah maybe not worth as much as we think, but still a magic little trinket from surfing history.
3: Not worth as much as we think or just stolen by some iced-out tweed degenerate. Take your pick, Vaughn. Could be either of those. Whack it! Smitty, uh, there's so many more
0: questions, but I think we, we've we, we got a wrap, mate. We've been answering, talking, dissecting the, uh, the far reaches of swelling brain matter for, for quite some time now. So let's finish on this one. Who shaves better? From Nata Griffo. Does Italo rinse out Gabe Medina's cornhole while he's laser-cutting his eyebrows? Mm,
3: I don't know. Is that a part of the Brazilian world title hierarchy, is it? Yeah, you've got three to my one, so I'll give you a colonic manicure while you mould your brow line. I haven't heard of that one, but it's entirely possible, Vaughn. I mean, uh, mm. there's been special privileges awarded to world title winners on tour for time in memoriam, hasn't there? Mark mm. Richards, of course, uh, stuffing his face... Uh, with prime beef at the smorgasbord while Shane Haran cries into his $50,000 gold-plated lettuce. Uh, Mick Fenning being showered in confetti upon his return to Coolangatta, while Parker was showered in rotten <laughs> fruit, used tampons and used frangers for his disgraceful runner-up. I mean, there's a price to pay in this country for val- failure, Vaughn. You reckon Japan's tough on you, huh? <laughs> You ain't seen nothing, mate. Oh, that's a good point, mate. It's a very
0: good point. Yeah, I mean, we celebrate the winners, but we're not scared to rip the absolute cornhole out of the loser. And I just think that's the Australian way. Tall poppy syndrome. It's not going anywhere in a hurry. We just have to deal with it. And, uh, yeah, put the hero into the golden robes, the emperor's new clothes, and the villain slash loser slash underperformer just hangs his head in shame. And walks around, basically in a perpetual state of self-loathing,
3: and rightfully so. That's right, Vaughn. The only thing worse than doing your best is and coming up short. Is coming home and getting showered in rotten fruit and used frangers. Uh, but it is a tradition, Vaughn, and we will continue to honour that proud tradition of sticking a pointy R.M. Williams fair up the coit of a useless loser. <laughs>
0: Ah, oh, Smithy, it's been fun, mate. We'll uh, be back with more Swellian special question episodes in future. In the meantime, have a good hard think about what you're going to ask us as Swellians because we haven't got enough time to answer stupid
3: shit. That's right, Vaughan. And now let's get those mops out and start getting rid of this excrement from the walls of the asylum.
2: Does John John Flowers have Kelly his foreskin in his knee? Does Gabby shave the bits of skin that none of us can see? If you drag your filthy cornhole down to the face of the old man pipe, will sparks fly from a like a comet across the lonely night? Are the wazzles judges crazy? Have they fucking lost the brief? Would we'll Shane her and take 50 grand? the and let us leave, this wedding, seek answers, the prophets will oblige, so scoff your shoes and ask us a question, we will speak no lies, ask us a question, we'll tell you no lies. Ask us a question We'll tell you no lie